0: To the Apostle Frederick Kalaluma podcast channel. This Sunday Apostle continues in the Word of His Grace series as he preaches a sermon titled The Grace to Be. In this service Apostle teaches that there are different levels of grace and that grace comes upon us for purpose and assignment too. So grab your Bibles, your pens and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Osaka, Zambia. Be
1: blessed. It's wonderful morning. I'm going to share with you something really, really special. How many of you have enjoyed the Grace series so far? Can you imagine we only have Three more sermons and we're done with the series. Three more sermons and we're done with the series. So, today, I'm going to be talking about the grace to be. The grace to be. That's what I'll be talking about. The grace to be. And... I thought I should start by mentioning that this subject of grace is so important. So much so that you observe that the greetings in the scriptures, you observe that the salutations in the scriptures are all linked to grace. You'll notice that the salutations and the greetings in the scriptures are usually linked to grace. I'm going to give you Uh, three of them. I would have given you five, six, seven by Apostle Paul, but I decided, let me give you one from the Apostle Paul. I'll give you one from John the Revelator. And um, another one really from John. But let's, let's look at them. Let's look at 2 John chapter number one. And we're going to go to verse three. Next week you'll see one from Peter. Now, second john 1 verse 3 john begins by saying the grace he begins by saying grace mercy and peace will be with you from the god from god the father and from the lord jesus christ the son of the father in truth and love notice the emphasis he says grace mercy And peace will be with you. Have have you observed the emphasis? He's emphasizing about grace being with you. I want us to read from Revelations. Chapter number 1 verse 4. Maybe for context from verse 3. Blessed is he who reads and hears the words of this prophecy. And keep those things which are written in it. For the time is near. Verse 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Notice how it begins. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. I think today you're going to have to text somebody and say grace unto you. Praise God. You're going to have to say grace unto you. And you know what? Uh, Perhaps even in your in, in your communications, for the first time, and I don't know how long, I would like you to tell your neighbour grace to you. Come on, online, type it. Say grace to you. That's a biblical. It's a biblical greeting. So, if one of you want to feel a little more spiritual today, any person who greets you and they say hi, just reply grace to you. <laughs> and, and, and it's interesting that that's the way the churches would be greeted. They would be greeted with grace, 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 grace. Praise God. Now I want us to see a more common one. And this one is commonly known as the Christian benediction. And it's a phrase that's said in practically most churches, especially when they are saying bye. Let's go to it. 2 Corinthians chapter number 13. And verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 13 verse 14. Chapter 13 and verse 14. Once you hear it, you'll notice it's very familiar. So this is what the Bible says. It says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. When I was preparing my sermon notes, I was asking myself, why is it that important? Why was it so important that, uh, you know, of all the things that are said in salutations, the most common one is grace and peace to you. Grace and peace to you. That's more common. Even the benediction, if you have to look at it, the different phrases in it are not necessarily as common in the rest of the verses. Maybe that's why we love it so much. But in almost every salutation, it was grace to you. Grace to you. Grace to you. Grace to you. Then how important is this thing called grace? How important is this, uh, is this, is this element, is this personality, is this person? And, and we can, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, especially when it comes to dealing with revelation, you know, we have to be careful with some of the things we say. Sometimes we'll say things like, uh, grace is not force so grace is not this and that. Grace is a person. And somebody will be describing Jesus. Now, even though grace personified is Jesus, that doesn't mean that the entirety of the definition of grace is a person. There is also grace which is divine indomit. There is grace which is unmerited favor. But the entirety of it is expressed in the person of Jesus. Sometimes we have to be very honest with ourselves as we are studying the Scripture. So have you noticed that? He's telling them, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you. Why is grace so important that he would wish on believers that grace should be with them? He would salute them. with the, Is it merely being religious? Or is there something they caught that, that we need to catch? I want you to see how Peter put it. I was, I was going to leave this for three weeks from now in the finale. But I want you to see how Peter put it in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. I want you to see how Peter put it. Peter actually says, grace and peace be multiplied. Tell your neighbor, grace is in levels. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. And we're shown how. It's through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, grace and peace be multiplied. So, in other scriptures, we see the apostles wishing grace upon the people. But this time, act- Peter is actually saying, may grace and peace be multiplied. And you'll see because as we continue in the next few weeks, I'll zero in on how grace can increase. And I'll show you the fact that grace can increase. And, but I'll be disciplined. And for today, I'm going to focus on the grace to be the grace to be the grace to be somebody say glory to god okay type the grace to be okay now we've been focusing mainly on grace in the context of salvation and that's why we we focused on how grace makes you become something and We only zeroed in really on one part because we could have looked at many other parts. We could have looked at sanctification, we could have looked at holiness, we could have looked at justification, but we we zeroed in on righteousness. It was just an example. We would have to do another series next year so we can zero in on another one. This is one of those series that goes on every year. As a matter of fact, last year we did a series called The Word of His (laughs) Grace. Praise God. So now, we, we zeroed in on how grace makes you become righteous, and then we emphasize how you should now practice righteousness but i want to show you something grace comes on a person to position them to be what god wants them to be grace comes on a person to position them to be what god wants them to be and i don't want to use so many uh semantics but usually when we are describing the anointing, when we're describing somebody to be anointed, most of the times, what we're really describing is grace. Most of the times, what we're really describing is grace. The functioning of the Spirit of God on a person's life is what we call grace. Praise God. So somebody would ask now, Apostle, (laughs) let's just clear the air. When you're talking about the anointing, what are you really talking about? You know, uh, the word anoint literally means to rub. Okay? So let me give you an idea of, of of where these terms are coming from. In the Old Testament, what used to happen is there's a special anointing oil that was made. And that special anointing oil, when it w- when the priests were being dedicated to the service of the Lord, you find oil would be poured on them. As time went by, Even olive oil was being used, but it would be used to anoint people. So sometimes what we see as anointing oil was really olive oil being used to anoint. And what is to anoint? It's to rub. Okay? Now, when a person was anointed, what it meant is that that person had been set apart. They've been distinguished from everyone else. You see that? So they've been set apart. But there's something that would happen when the person is anointed. The Holy Spirit would come upon them that shows you that uh, the whole purpose of a person being anointed was for the Spirit of God to come upon them to empower them. That's what now people call the anointing. So to empower them. Now that empowerment, that's the grace of God. So they would be anointed, and the whole essence was for the Spirit of God to come and empower them. And that's why it's not all who are anointed with oil. Oh my friend, there was a gentleman who was anointed with hair. Praise God. <laughs> there was a gentleman named Samson. He's anoint- he was anointed with hair and the spirit of God left him the moment the hair was cut. What, what does that mean? It means there was no grace to do what he was supposed to do. You will see that when we talk next week about grace to do. <laughs> there is grace to be and then there is grace to do. Somebody say glory to God. So I want to show you first from an Old Testament example. Somebody who was graced to be. And then afterwards, we'll come to the New Testament and show you being grace to be. So now, in today's sermon, I'm going beyond teaching grace to be saved. I'm telling you there's grace which positions you to divinely function in your, in your divine assignment here on earth. Because as a believer, once you're saved, you should now start thinking assignment. You should now start thinking purpose. If you don't start thinking assignment and purpose, you'll get bored. And you just start rededicating your life every year. You will get bored, I'm telling you. You have to start thinking assignment. You have to start thinking purpose. In another week, I'll show you how grace comes and how grace increases. You'll be amazed. You'll be careful who speaks to you. (laughs) And you'll also be careful what you say to others. Praise God! You understand why people say the grace is the instruction. Praise God. When the master had given them talents, it says, each according to their ability. What's the ability there? That's grace. It says, each was given according to their ability. That's grace. So the grace was in them. The grace was only going to function the moment they did something about it. So that servant who was called unfruitful underperformed on his ability because he focused on the human side of things. He didn't focus on the, the he didn't focus on the ability that was available for him to turn that one talent into two. He didn't focus on that. He said he just said, My master is a hard man. I would rather not try so that I don't fail. To God, clearly, not trying is failing. Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, so the grace to be. So let's look at an interesting man in the Bible. We're gonna look at the man called David. First Samuel chapter number 16. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. First Samuel chapter number sixteen, and there was a gentleman named David. Okay, and maybe I can give you context. The people of Israel cried for a king, and the prophet anointed Saul to be king. And then Saul made a mistake. Uh, and when Saul made a mistake, it was a grave mistake. It cost him. It cost him uh, the grace that was in his life. Okay, so you notice from verse one that God tells uh, Samuel saying. How long will you mourn for Saul seeing I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? He was rejected from his position. You know, uh, when you, when you go deeper in the scriptures, one of the things you must really begin to investigate is know where the scriptures are talking about salvation and where the scriptures are talking about assignment. And let me just say it. Bluntly and openly, a person can fail an assignment. What was supposed to be done by one person can be done by another. It's possible for a person to fail an assignment. It's not supposed to be the case. It's not how God wants it to be. God wanted so to reign from generation to generation. But a person can fail an assignment. Okay? I do know, God is not, he, he's very open. So it was very open. with saw so the things that he was supposed to do and the things he was not supposed to do. And also, when the prophet came to correct it, he responded with pride. He gave his own excuse. And so, what did God do? He rejected. He rejected. One of these days, we'll have a class on that, perhaps a private one, and, and we'll talk more on that. Now, Samuel was told, "Go to Bethlehem." That's in verse four. And you know, when he did. The elders trembled when he came saying, have you come in peace? <laughs> that's how, that's how much they feared the prophet. And then in verse six, it says, when they came, uh, in verse five, Samuel tells Jesse to come with his son. Okay. And so in verse six, it says, so when they came, he looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Okay? Next verse. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as a man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. By the way, if you have to read that scripture, you ensure that your outward appearance is on point when you want to do certain things, because God has already showed us how human beings operate. They look at the outside. Praise God. So you may be saying, I've been saved by grace. So it's not about what's on the inside. So even if I wear this short miniskirt and the like, it's okay. And I'll, I'll put on this outfit that exposes everything else. It's okay because I've been saved by grace. Man looks at the outside, my friend. I've gone on earth to help man. i the light of the world. There's a city on the hill that cannot be hidden. I, I, I hope you're hearing me. Man does look at the outside. God has already shown us how man works. But then it also shows you that when it comes to certain appointments in life, the state of your heart matters. Because God had actually searched people's hearts. Even for Moses to be appointed, there is something about his heart. Have you observed that Moses had a heart to help the people of Israel? He just misread the calling and tried to kill. And he killed instead. Have you observed that uh, you know, I I, I can honestly imagine have you guys ever thought about it? Remember when Moses killed an Egyptian who was trying to uh, who was mistreating a Hebrew? And then the next day, when he was trying to stop Hebrews fighting, one of them replied, Who made you ruler and judge over earth? Do you know it's possible to misread a calling? Have you noticed that genuinely, it seems there was a calling on his life to help them and to be ruler and judge over them? I can honestly imagine the look on their faces when he came back as ruler and judge over them. I can imagine the look on their faces. <laughs> I wonder if one of them after who made you oh oh okay now it's the most high God. Praise God. So it's possible to even run before or run after. But let's continue. So God does look at the heart, okay? And these are some of the keys for grace to increase on in your life. You see when we look at the third day. There's a reason it says he gives more grace to the filling the dots. There is more grace given to certain people based on the positioning of their heart. Okay. Let's continue. <laughs> so you see that? I'm, I'm already building up. So now, in verse, uh, the Lord skipped all the brothers. Okay? And then, afterwards, he asked, is there another one? And they said, oh no, there's another guy. And in verse 12, it says, so he sent and brought him in, and he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. Praise God. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. May that be your story in Jesus' name. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. Now, are you seeing that? He anointed him in the midst of his brothers. So, what, by anointing him, what what does that mean? He rubbed oil on him. So what did that mean? He was set apart. But look at the next verse. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon, back to verse 13. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. What's that? That's empowerment. That's impo- it means from that day there was a different David. He may not have been seated on the throne yet, but the man had the kingdom. So, if you look at the next verse, it says the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. That shows you something. Saul had the throne, but David had the kingdom. Saul had the throne, but David had the kingdom. Some of you who are listening to me you may be the cleaner but you're the one who's got the company as the grace that's upon your life is to run multi-millionaire companies it just needs to start functioning and that's why i'm teaching you this stuff god is very interesting i remember when i was about 16 years old i was 16 i had a dream and when i woke up from the dream the lord was giving me a word and he told me about the positioning he had given me in the nation. He didn't tell me I'll give it to you years from now. No, he had already. And he was actually telling me, why aren't you using it? That's why it doesn't surprise you that the moment we started the Word Empowerment Movement, it took the nation by storm that grace was available. It doesn't surprise you. And it inspired so many other things that have taken place in the nation. That grace was available. There is what is called grace to be. There is grace to be. So from this very moment, David was empowered to be king. Let me prove that to you. You know that it took David time from this point to the day that he assumed the throne. eh? But I want to just show you something that happened. Have you observed when we talk about grace to do? Don't you think that's why it was easy for David to defeat the lion? Don't you think that's why it was easy for him to defeat the bear? There There was something he was functioning in that his older brothers couldn't function in, even though they could have been physically stronger because if it's looking at outward appearance then maybe just maybe you can find david was not very mature i'll be honest with you i wouldn't be surprised if i went to heaven and found samson sleep without muscles personally i wouldn't be surprised why it, it, it's my thought why, why would not i be surprised because i think delilah wouldn't have asked what is the source of your strength I, I, I I just think because of how God uses the foolish things and the weak things to confound the strong. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't look as strong. But there was grace, and the secret was there. Praise God. Now, I want us to see something. So, look, David begins to live his life. He manages to defeat Goliath. You see that? The grace to do. Why was David the only. Do you know that the reason why kings were anointed, why kings were appointed, was also to defend the people? Do you know that Saul was a warrior? How do we know? Because the people sang, Saul has killed his thousands. David is tens of thousands. That's just the grace his, Or somebody used it. for. But Saul has killed his thousands. David is tens of thousands. So when Goliath was threatening people, why do you think it moved David too much? The grace on him was, it, it was boiling. It was boiling. It was like, ah, What? Someone is defying Israel. Someone is defying Israel. That's why when his brothers asked, what are you doing here? You're just a shepherd. He replied, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? He he wasn't thinking at Jesse level. He was thinking at national level because of the grace that he was appointed. That's why he was thinking at that level. Praise God. That's why, uh, City of the Lord Church, there's a reason we think the way we think. There's a reason we're practicing the things we're practicing. We have to think at the level of the grace God has given us. And the grace is in how we heed to that instruction. Praise God. Oh, now, I want, you, I want you to know something. David was on the run because King Saul observed that the grace had left him and it was on David. And King Saul decided, let me deal with David. The grace on David was so evident that King Saul's son came and said, I know God has chosen you. And so when David was on the run, I want you to see how grace was available. 1 Samuel chapter number 22, verse 1. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him, wait. And these the same brothers who were questioning who he was. How come they suddenly felt they could serve their youngest brother? What do you think can cause people to suddenly feel like they can serve their youngest brother? Now look at verse 2. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them. How come they never chose another? Why was it so easy for him to be captain over them? Because he already had grace for kingship. And it was just manifesting. Haven't you ever studied the story of Je- of Joseph? They sought him wherever he would be taken. He had favor and he would be a leader. Take him to prison, you'll be a leader there. Take him in Potiphar's house, you'll rise the ranks. Take him before Pharaoh, Pharaoh will appoint him over everybody else who's ever given him advice. There was grace there. Haven't you ever noticed that Jacob, wherever he would go, things would work for the person he's working for? There was grace there. Somebody say glory to God. Is, is somebody seeing that. How come David became captain over them? How come they felt they could serve a younger man? Somebody are wondering, how can all those people serve a young pastor? There is grace there. (laughs) There's something they've connected to. There is grace there. And you know the thing about grace? Grace You have to be careful with it. It can offend a person. Because somebody can feel, I have 62 degrees in theology. I have 70 years of experience. But no one wants to follow them. When you, when we go further into how grace can increase, you learn the art of submitting where you see grace. You learn the art of, and you know, sometimes just honor and saying, "Wow," you may even have areas you disagree, but just honor. In, okay, I, I, I acknowledge the grace of that person's life. You know, it it attracts in the kingdom of God. Honor is one of the most attractive things. And then what repels when you do not honor? Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. So, grace, the grace of God comes on a person to be and it's evident. The grace of God comes on a person to be, and it's definitely evident. Now let's look at a New Testament example. There was a certain gentleman called Paul. There was a gentleman called Paul. And I don't know why, but whenever I think of Paul, the first, I'm sure you know the song that comes to my head. I've got a funny story about that one. Uh, take me to Acts chapter 9 there was a time I was invited to go pray for a certain man and they invited me to pray for his healing. And so, you know, when I went there, I found that I wasn't the only pastor who was called to pray for him. were a lot. So we were just taking turns. It was, I think the situation was bad. So the pastors before me were very radical. I know the man was like really weak. So the pastors before me like started, and you know, were there and they started saying, you're already healed. And know they lifted the man up and said, you're going to praise the Lord. They said, they this <laughs> ilana, and they God!" they did not really use this. <laughs> All right, we walk him up. So, Acts chapter 9. <laughs> so that's why I always laugh when I sing this. Song. I, I hope you now know. In Acts chapter 9, a man named Paul was meant this man, you could see he already had passion for the gospel, right? And we remember that he was breathing threats of the church. And he had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And after he had that encounter, he was saved. So initially, what did grace come from? For Paul, for salvation. But God had other plans for him. And he revealed those plans to Ananias. He said he's going to be a preacher of the gospel. And so Paul begins to preach and begins to preach. And we hear some good stories about him. But something happened after Acts 13. Something happened after Acts 13. Let me show you. Acts 13 verse 1. From Acts 9 to Acts 13, we can see Paul ministering. And praise God for the ministry. But in Acts 13, the Bible says, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius of Syria, uh, with Herod the Tetrarch, and so By the way, some people may wonder, how come at some point, somebody was caught this. At another point, they are caught that. It happened with pope. At first, it seemed to have caught prophets. he was either a prophet or a teacher. Because sometimes the will of God is revealed in stages. Sometimes the will of God is revealed in stages. And then in verse 2, we see the will of God revealed. Let's look at it. And they ministered to, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. What did he want there? What was he, what was he doing? It means in that moment of time, the calling had already been there, but in that moment of time, there was grace that came. How do we know? Look at the next verse. Having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. One of the ways by the way that grace is impacting. You will notice after Acts thirteen, the way you hear about Paul in the scriptures, there is a massive difference, such that he writes to a church in Romans one verse five. Let's start from verse four. In Romans one verse four, he writes to the church, and look what he says. Let's start from verse three, just for the sake of you know, one, one of these days we just start from Genesis one. Anyway. <laughs> And it says, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh, and declared to be the son of God with power, (laughs) according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Uh Through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all the nations for his name. Do you see that? Grace and apostleship. That shows you how the apostolic, I usually we say the apostolic anointing and the like, and really. in essence, what we are talking about is the apostolic grace. That endowment. That positioning to be an apostle. Where did it come from? Lord Jesus. And of course, he confirmed it through his servants. And that's why you see Paul saying something very striking. And I've been building up just to say this statement. First Corinthians 15 verse 10. Look at what Paul says. Someone may be wondering, how can a man who used to be a meddler suddenly be planting churches? How can a man who used the scriptures to persecute believers suddenly be winning many to the Lord? Be debating in different places this grace that was on his life, and he, he made it evident. Look at this, 1 Corinthians fifteen ten. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Notice that in this scripture, he reveals the grace to be, and then afterwards he reveals the grace to do, and he shows, and the, and the link between the two is his cooperation with the grace, he labored. Observe that. He reveals the grace to be. By the grace of God. Here he's not talking about by the grace of God I'm a Christian. No. He's saying by the grace of God I'm an apostle. And then he's saying I labored more than... Well, he he worked harder than the other apostles. Some of them who who probably had the same level of grace as him. Listen. If labor was never important then there would be no need for rewards in heaven. Why would there be rewards? Because some people would have labored more than others. And the labor is judged according to the grace of God that's on their life. And even here on earth, there are seasons where God judges your faithfulness and increases grace because of how you're laboring. Praise God. So it says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I've got a question for you. By the grace of God, what are you? By the grace of God, what are you? What is the grace upon your life? What has the grace positioned you to be? That positioning, that positioning in your life may not may not be, you know, the, the spectrum of the world is so huge that we don't all have to be positioned at the same thing. By the grace of God, Joseph became prime minister of Egypt. That saved Israel. By the grace of God, Esther, after slaying, became queen. And you know something? Should have easily been replaced. Why? Because she almost forgot her purpose. You know, the moment you realize that what you are and what you have is by the grace of God. Your your, your focus will switch to purpose. By the grace of God, you can be influential. By the grace of God, somehow you are just a social media influencer. You, what you call casual dressing, everyone calls a trend. How can you use that? By the grace of God, you're just an encourager. You watch your call speaking naturally. Everyone comes and saying, hey, I was about to give up, but when you spoke, it did something. It would be foolish of you not to acknowledge it. You know, there are people who, and I'm using this word, I know i have used the word foolish, and it's a bit strong. But if consistently, people are always telling you, you know, there's just something about when you talk. I just feel encouraged. And you just put it aside as a by-the-way thing. And it keeps on happening consistently. It would be very unwise for you not to acknowledge it. Because if you acknowledge it, you'll start doing something about it and you'll take responsibility. Stop being an accidental success in everything. You can, you can acknowledge the grace and deliberately labor in it somehow for you the grace is just there for higher authorities to notice you higher authorities even in a workplace you your voice they just here maybe the reason why god gave you that voice why god ordained you in that manner is so that you can speak for those who don't have a voice to speak it's by the grace of god when you acknowledge that something is by the grace of god you will labor in it because you know god does not give grace in vain he does not give grace for nothing he gives grace for a purpose He gives it for a purpose. It's never in vain. And that's why, listen, there is always something to do. I know we talk about seasons of waiting, seasons of this, but there is always something to do, whether it's praying, whether it's fasting. Someone said there was a time Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days. Well, he was doing something. He was praying. He was fasting. And I'm pretty sure the praying and fasting was not just for himself. It was for the people that he was going to minister to. There is always something to do. What's the grace upon your life? By the grace of God, what has he positioned you to be? Praise God. And you know that these positionings are recognized not just by, they are recognized by angelic spirits. They are also recognized by demonic ones. The devil say, Paul we know. Jesus we know. Paul we know. They knew Paul. And the guy was making noise in the spiritual realm. Praise God. That's why if you know the grace upon your life, there is a way that you will pray. Because you know that Satan does attack people of good grace. It's, It's a fact that he does that. It's a fact that he would want to close certain doors. It's a fact that if a person is graced to help others and finance others, maybe that's the area that he would target. But praise be to God who always leads us into triumph. And praise God that our victory over him is not a mystery. For this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? Our faith. (laughs) Praise God. So by the grace of God, what have you positioned to be? Listen. And then as you're watching me right now, I want you to know that God didn't put you on earth to exist. There's something special for you. You know what? I'll tell you something. The one who decides how important something is, is in actual sense the one who created it to be. You may be watching me right now, and I may appear, for example, to be the most important person in the city of the Lord Church. But do you know that you wouldn't be watching me right now without the work of other people? You wouldn't be watching me right now without the grace upon other people. If they all had the same grace as me, my friend, it would be it would be tricky. It would be very tricky. I I, I I once heard someone say something and it amazed me. And the person said, if a very delicate operation, let's say there's a very delicate medical operation that's supposed to be done. And then the only people you have Maybe it's a brain surgery. And then all you have is the world's top class brain surgeons. That operation might not be successful. You need different people who are good at different roles. There's another person who must be good at anesthetics. Another person must be good at pain relief. Another person must be good at stitches. Another person must be good at this. That shows you that in a team God doesn't make everyone the striker. Praise God. He doesn't make everyone the striker. They are what are called unsung heroes. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this to encourage you because sometimes what may not look important to man may be very important to God. You can see by some of the people God honored in the Bible. Have you ever heard of a woman named Anna? She may not have been considered important to everybody else, but God honored her so much because how she served the Lord. You know, that scripture on Anna is very straight. It says, Anna saved the Lord with various fastings and pray. How many kinds of fasting was she doing? Praise God. Various fastings. And God honored her so much and he said, you're going, you going to see the Messiah. You will see him. That shows you something. Everyone else may not have considered her something, but God did. So don't look down on the grace God has positioned you for. At the end of the day, you will stand before him and you will not give an account of another person's grace. You will give an account of what he put on your life. And I'm saying this because, you know, sometimes we preach things in such a way that, hey, right now, this may be your time on the camera. Just keep serving and serving, something will happen, and before you know it, you're the one behind the poopy. It may not necessarily work like that for everyone. It may not necessarily work like that for everyone. Maybe for somebody else, what will keep happening is that the grace will keep increasing. There's just something about their photos. When people see their photos, they want to give their life to Christ. (laughs) Now, think about this. Are you aware? That there are certain letters that Paul did not write by his own hand. He had someone it for him. Haven't you seen that gentleman who added his name on the greeting? That even I am greeting you. Wait, you've never seen it? You read the letter. should be, I think it's Corinthians, right? The guy added his name. Even <laughs> me who wrote this, I'm greeting you. He just wanted to. I'm on a praise God. He just wanted to. <laughs> And I can tell you, everyone may have all remembered Paul and his labor. God will acknowledge that this guy is the one writing. This guy is the one was writing. And he will share in the grace. Haven't you ever seen when Paul was talking about the people who met his necessities? Didn't he tell them that they would partake of the same grace that was on his life? That shows you that everyone may be thinking of, hey, Paul, this man labored. This man preached. But God will remember that person sent money for Paul to go preach. What am I trying to say? God has positioned you to be something. He's positioned you to be something. And what he's positioned you to be is for the benefit of other people. On the other hand, there are some people who will move from the keyboard maybe to the puppet or this to that. It it does happen. Others will move from being the cleaner to the president. Others will move from uh, being this to that. Others it will be a literal linear thing. Others, it may look like physically they're in the same position, but their rank in the spiritual realm has increased. You can just see by how they influence them. They're just that person who when they give one contribution in a meeting, into listens, listen. So they are careful with what they say. By the grace of God, I am what I am. I pray you've been blessed by this message. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now next week, I'll be talking to you more in in this subject and I'll go deeper. Perhaps, perhaps, we might go into topics to do with how to use it, how to increase it. I've been asked questions sometimes, like, Pastor, how do you read the Bible? To be honest with you, I usually just open it and then I read Of course, I'm influenced by several people who I've listened to. And I've noticed sometimes that when I've connected to certain people, my understanding of the scriptures just increases. Then the Bible says then Jesus opened their minds and they understood the scriptures. So God knew that in this packaging of being an apostle, the office came with equipment. Of course, people have had to... Sometimes you can have an office with equipment which you don't know how to use. That's why mentorship is important. But this office came with equipment. And one of the equipment is I had to understand the scriptures very quickly. You'll see that when we talk about purpose. I didn't know why. But when I got saved, I suddenly wanted to read the whole Bible. I was very interested. I said, reading from Genesis. Praise God. (laughs) There was one time I was in a lecture. And the lecture had delayed. And, you know, I'd been struggling with the book of Ecclesiastes. I wasn't understanding it. And most people who are reading Ecclesiastes were very negative people. I used to avoid it. Because I would find two books I used to avoid. Ecclesiastes, Songs of Solomon, and Revelations. I used to avoid them. Revelations used to scare me. Songs of Solomon, we used to think it's for big people. So don't read it. And then Ecclesiastes. I li- little did I know. And the only way I started to... The only way I began to accept... Or should I say... Okay, you will see when you go to another day. But, nevertheless, I was in a class, and when I was in that class, I suddenly felt the need to read the book of Ecclesiastes, and I read it in five minutes. God opened up my eyes to understand a lot of things that I'd never understood. Praise God. So I pray you've been blessed. I advise you to share this link with as many people as possible and let other people be blessed along with you. Praise God. Okay. At this point, we are going to lead a prayer for those who may have not given their lives to Jesus. Those who have not accepted the grace of God upon their lives. I want you to lift your hands in your homes and I want you to say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And as of today, I'm born again. I'm a child of God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I want you to get in touch with us because God is going to keep doing mighty things in your lives. So just get in touch with us. God will to do amazing things in your lives. And now at this point, I would like us to give our offerings. And the details for giving offerings are going to scroll. And for those who are in the church groups and even on the Facebook group for the church, the details on how you can give will be posted and encourage your neighbor by stating that you're given after you have um, we'll have a special announcement concerning our meetings that we'll give it at the appropriate time perhaps later on during the course of this week um, and we do have very good news for you so we'll give it at the appropriate time praise the name of the lord in jesus name i declare you're blessed you are blessed in your mind. You are blessed in your heart. You are blessed in your emotions. You are blessed in your finances. All things that concern you are waking out. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of the Father. And the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. Grace to you. Praise God.
0: a service. I've been so blessed and I know you have been too. Now, wherever you are listening from, we would like to hear from you. Get in touch with us. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0953-756076 or 0977-474679. If you're unable to call us, you can email us on the city of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on the Facebook page at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.